Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison, a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and here with me is the one, the only, Mr. Akshaz Dubadula. Akshaz, guess what? Football what? is back. Football yes, it is, is. Back, man. Yes, it is. It is uh, happening e- even as we speak now. I, th- I think it's the third quarter of the uh, the season opener. Uh, last I checked, the Chiefs were winning fourteen to seven over the Lions. Um, those you know pesky upstart Lions that everybody seems to be uh, enthusiastic about for for various reasons. So good for them. Um, but did, did you did you tune in at all? I, I I hadn't had a chance to. I was running around doing other things, and it's been kind of kind of stormy around here over the first the first couple of hours of the of the evening here. So did you did you catch any of the game? I have. What's it called? I watched the. First half, most of it anyway, and I mean it looked fun. It's Chiefs are doing Chiefs things. Patrick Mahomes is like inevitable essentially, which <laughs> terrifies me. But beyond that, you know, Lions look pretty good. Although I'm not convinced that Jared Goff will play as a top five QB for an entire year. And, but their offensive line looks good. They have good offensive weapons. Their rookie running back, Jameer Gibbs, he's fast. He's going to be a good player for a long time, for as long as they let running backs play in the NFL. It's <laughs> so like two and a half but, years, roughly. Yep, but for <laughs> those two and a half years, they're he's fun. He's so saw, good, yeah. I saw an article from The Athletic recently, actually. It was – um. I think it was Mike Sando had polled executives ranking the NFC teams. So mm-hmm. Eagles, straight ones, best team. Niners, twos except for one executive who gave him a four because he ranked the Seahawks second because he thinks the Hawks will be better than the Niners. But number three team was the Lions, like consistently. And people said, will they be better than the 49ers? Will they be better than the Cowboys? You don't know, but it's possible. I don't know if I share that much hype, but they're a fun team. I think had they um, had the Seahawks lost last year and the Niners faced them in the playoffs, that would have been a fun game. Mm. Obviously, that isn't what happened, so no biggie. Right, right. Yeah, uh, well, maybe we won't have to deal with them at all this year. Um, Very interesting. Um, the, The conversations that are swirling as the season gets rolling. Obviously, the the season kickoff tonight, and then um, really gets rolling in earnest on Sunday, which is when the 49ers play. Uh, and we're going to talk a lot about uh, that game between the 49ers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. But but I fear that actually that we've gone a, l- a little long. We're like three minutes into this thing, and we have not mentioned, of course, the the most important news of all, and that is Nick Bose is back, my my friend, and. Uh, it's 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 huge. Um, I actually don't think that the 49ers have been officially announced the signing, uh, but he was at practice today um, in a limited capacity. So he's 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 there. I, my understanding is they got a roster. Um, uh, what do you what do you what do you call it? Exemption uh, because he was out for all training camp. Uh, so that will give them some opportunity to kind of get him up back and rolling and they'll probably have to make the. The, whatever the roster cut that they make to put him on the active roster is by whatever the deadline is for playing. It's Saturday afternoon or something like that. Um, but big money deal for uh, Mr. Bosa. And uh, 
I, I for one, was uh, very relieved to see the news come across uh, my phone yesterday. Uh, Akshas, I don't know what you thought about that. Absolutely. I think that's the biggest thing is just the Niners are a better team than Bosa's there. And I think he's, like we've been saying this entire training camp, he's in such great shape that the second he got back, so long as he had enough time to reacclimate to, like, the 49ers scheme, quote-unquote, and just, like, the rhythm and flow of the NFL season, he would be playing again. I think that's what's going to happen. It's it's an exciting time. I mean, he got big money, but he's on a short list for best defensive player in the NFL. And I think if you're on that list, you got to get paid. And someone was going to do it. So the Niners, <laughs> Niners are the right team for doing it. Agreed. Um, we haven't seen the official numbers yet, obviously, because, again, the, the contract has not technically been signed yet. Uh, it's I'm assuming a formality that they'll go through by the end of the week. Um, the, the numbers are reportedly uh, five-year extension, $170 million with $122.5 guaranteed. That is, of course, an extension um, added on to the um, the fifth year option that he's playing that he was playing on this year. I imagine the contract will do something with his cap hit um, for 2023 to kind of help the team, um, you know, out with some uh, some cap money for for this year. Um, but so it's, so it's kind of a six year deal worth. I what would that be? Probably somewhere in the neighborhood of like 200. No, just just short of 190. I guess is what his in total. Because um, he'll still get the $19 million um, that they owed him this year, but it'll just be uh, probably, I would imagine, doled out a little differently so they can save some money again. So six years, essentially, uh, keeping him in town. Um, highest paid defensive uh, player ever. Um, I think well-deserved, as you said. Um, there there was also other news. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, big big weekend or big midweek for uh, former Ohio State players, um, although technically uh, Joe Burrow did not. Uh, finish his career at Ohio State, um, but he is now the highest played played paid player in NFL history, um, looking to uh, sign a massive uh, extension with the Bengals. So, money flying around. Um, something. St- what, what was the? It was like two fifty five, and like two hundred twenty of it was guaranteed, or two hundred thirty of it was guaranteed. It's 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 insane. Like the money that is being thrown around over the last couple of days, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, just the the quarterbacks, I think this was where the NFL was going, but quarterbacks are just on another level when it comes to money. Like, it's them, and then it's the rest of the team. And I'm looking you see, Burrow has done something. Burrow and Mahomes did things that were almost impossible, which is they took teams, franchises, they couldn't really get consistent success, and they've made them consistent winners. And when you have that guy, you got to pay him. But I mean, it's a crazy, it's a crazy day. This is just the way it goes, you know. More media money comes into the coffers, salary cap goes up. Teams gotta, gotta pay more. Yeah, um, I think the the uh, the average annual value on Burrow's contract is fifty five million dollars a year, which is what a, what I don't, I can't like. Whatever, like, that's an unfathomable amount of money. Like, 
you know, it's that's 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 crazy mm-hmm. to me. But anyway, um, that's neither here nor there. That's not uh, it's for, not for dinner talk, but it was uh, something that I that uh, kind of came through. Um, related to the Bosa move, and there was just there's some, you know some stirrings. Um, of course, the 49ers had to get under the salary cap. Um, I think it was yesterday by like four o'clock or something like that. Um, and so in order to do that, they did some restructuring on some contracts, namely for George Kittle and uh, Trent Williams. Essentially, what that means is they they basically handed them a load of cash. Um, <laughs> I think they ended up freeing up like $23 million or something like that. And of course, the scuttlebutt was... Oh no! What are they going to do with this cap space? Um, my thought is it's probably just allowing them to get Bosa underneath the salary cap with whatever his cap hit is going to be, and then you know leaving whatever that <clears throat> that egg, that little sort of cushion that they like to have. I think I think they usually talk about like between like six and eight million dollars that they like to kind of have during the season, just in case something comes up and they have to sign somebody off the streets or something like that. I I don't think <laughs> this is a, a precursor to a major move, but man, there's a, there's a couple uh, edge rushers out there that uh, would, would would be nice to add uh, to the team that are you know maybe uh, in, in uh, dire situations or situations where their their contract situations are not working out for them currently. Uh, one of them, Daniel Hunter, who we talked about in the off season. Um, would be really cool. Uh, and then people were like Brian Burns <laughs> from Carolina, because apparently he and uh, the Panthers are having a contract dispute at this particular moment too. So um, I, I, I tend to think it's probably not something like that, but I, I don't know if you have a different thought on that. Yeah, it's probably, I'm with you. I think it's one of those kind of quote unquote procedural kind of things to become cap compliant. But more importantly, you got to, every time you call someone up from the practice squad, that's a cap charge. Any, like, additions you make mid-season, that's a cap charge. Incentives, cap charges. I mean, I think it's just some breathing room. I think Bosa will also, his extension will probably give him more breathing room. Because you can roll it over to next year. It kind of doesn't cause too much issues. Obviously, the Niners are playing a dangerous game now, you know. There was a lot of discourse about the Rams loading up on big-name players and not drafting anyone and just piling up the cap charges. And we saw a couple last year and a year before that, they had to end up like cutting bait with a bunch of those vets to become cap-compliant. The Niners are getting to that point now. So I just don't think with how much they try to protect their cap space and they try to stay within a reasonable cap amount that this will be – this will be a precursor to a big move, but I agree. You just have the sense that like one of these big name edge rushers who can really add another element to this defense. That's like it next level and beyond. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that would be a little unfair like, to, for them to have like Daniel Hunter, Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead and Nick Bosa along the front for, um, you know, I wouldn't be like mad about it, but for other teams, they might be a little mad, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that that's that. I think that's pretty much everything um, as far as uh, major lead up things. Uh, it's been a like normal week of practice uh, starting on Wednesday. They, they, they got into the sort of normal week to week practice situation. Um, the Niners had uh, a, a pretty lengthy practice report from Wednesday, but mostly it was it was limited guys. Um, 
including a couple of guys that have been sort of out through most of uh, training camp in the preseason, uh, like Oren Burks, who has been dealing with a knee, in, a knee injury, George Kittle, who's been out with an adductor injury, uh, Ray Ray McLeod, who broke his wrist um, in the during training camp and was not expected to uh, <laughs> to be back this soon, but he seems to be tracking in moving in that direction. Um, but it, it appears that for the most part that everybody is moving in the direction of, uh, of being able to play, um, that a lot of those guys, it's just, they're, they're limited practice because it's week one and they're probably, and they're veterans and they're more than likely going to be fine. Um, Jake Moody seems to be tracking to play. So that will be, um, something to watch out for. Um, Everybody seems to be moving in the right direction. The only one thing uh, to kind of keep on the radar is um, uh, Traverius Ward was added to the uh, the injury uh, list today on Thursday, uh, and he did not practice um, along with Talno Ufanga. Ufanga's was apparently a, a non-injury related thing, um, but Traverius Ward apparently has a um, <clears throat> has a heel that they're just keep an eye on. Uh, Shanahan did say today, today that he doesn't anticipate that he won't play, um, which is always a funny thing that uh, he, he the way he phrases things sometimes I'm just like oh, that's weird. Um, but it seems like they're they're tracking for a fully healthy week one, which is all that you can ask for. Um, and then across the ball for the Steelers, same kind of thing. Uh, Cam Hayward missed or was limited in practice on Wednesday and then was out on Thursday. Uh, non-injury related thing, and then Larry Ogunjobi uh, limited in practice with a foot. But other than that, they seem to be tracking for a fully healthy week one. And, and you know, I'm I'm all for that. Like, make sure everybody's good to go for week one, so we can have the best game that we possibly can. That's 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 my thinking on it. I agree. I mean, it's no fun if you obviously a win's a win, but you know, you kind of want you want it to be against the a team at their best because that's the best way football goes. I mean, that's all, that's what we really want. It's an entertainment game and we want to be entertained. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a, 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 a good matchup between two good teams. So let's, uh, let's, let's do it then. Let's get into our, uh, our preview for the, for the game. Obviously the 49ers flying to, uh, Pittsburgh uh, this weekend to take on the Steelers for the season opener. Lots of um, maybe not so great things about this. Obviously, starting uh, week one on the road is always a little bit of a precarious thing, not to mention it's an early start um, for the 49ers to 1 p.m. Eastern time, which means the 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific time game start. Eh, you know, make of that what you will, uh, especially for week one. I don't know how much that, that factors in. Um and then they, they go on to take on a team that is, uh, you know, coming off a less than, what were they, 9-8 and eight last year. So they continue their run of non-losing seasons um, <laughs> under Mike Tomlin. They're generally a well-coached team because Tomlin's been there a long time. He runs a good, um, a good you know, tight ship. Um, but it's, uh, it's a team with some, some interesting players uh, at, at all levels, really. Um, you've got, you know, TJ Watt, who's, uh, uh, one of the better edge rushers in the league. Um, you've got, uh, you've got, uh, Cam Haywood, who we mentioned already, one of the better interior guys on that defense. Um, <clears throat> Minka Fitzpatrick is, is, is a solid safety back there. They signed Patrick Peterson, uh, to play in the, uh, the, the cornerback position, although, you know, there could be some 
conversation to be had about whether or not that's uh, like a top-notch move. And then, of course, they have some pieces on offense um, led by second-year quarterback Kenny Pickett. Um, of course, the intrigue of this game is that it is the first quarterback taken in the 2022 um, draft and the last quarterback taken in the same draft, uh, not facing off against each other because quarterbacks don't face off against one another, but they are, in fact, uh, on opposing teams. So that'll be interesting to keep an eye on that. Um, so as always, for people who are new, we are going to uh, keep trucking down our, our uh, reasons uh, for optimism slash why we think the 49ers should win and reasons uh, for concern slash why we think the 49ers might lose, you know, because we you know, try to be reasonable here. Um, homers, though, we are. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> that's fair to say. Um, so, Akshaz, why don't you kick us off for the 2023 season? Uh, um, reason for optimism that you think the, the 49ers are going to handle the Steelers on Sunday. Ooh, big, big moment here. Um, well, this is a kind of a boring reason, but I think this is absolutely true. The Niners are the better team. And I say that, like, on an objective level, the Niners have the more talented roster. And week one is often weird. A lot of teams can surprise out of nowhere. Players are still getting into the flow. All those things are true, but assuming everyone's healthy and plays, the Niners' offense has Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle on the field at the same time, basically like 70-80% of the snaps. That's an insane combination, and if Brock Purdy is even half as good as people make him out to be after his play last year, that's enough to get it done. I mean... The Steelers have a great defense. They're disciplined. They're aggressive. They have a superstar in TJ Watt. But there's just too much talent. And I think on the defensive side, I'm not convinced that, like, any reason a person would say that, oh, you know, Purdy has to prove it. I don't know if he's good enough. Like, I don't think he's going to be good enough for this team to, um, to take that next level. I think... All of that can be applied to Kenny Pickett as well. And I think the flip side is where Pickett has great players in Najee Harris and George Pickens and Pat Freermuth, the Niners have the better versions of those right now and a better play caller. So for that reason, I think there's just too much of a talent disparity where even if I'm expecting the Steelers to come out far more disciplined, far more organized and really ready to go, whereas the Niners oftentimes will kind of stumble a bit when it comes to games like this, I think the talent is too much to overcome. Yeah, um, I'm definitely right there with you. And I, I think um, the big thing for me is if you look at this defense, obviously they have uh, good players at, at, at all levels, but um, I think there are some 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 things that, that Shanahan will have seen, obviously, that he can take advantage of. Um there's probably some question marks at the linebacker position for the Steelers outside of um, Watt and Alex Highsmith, who they technically have listed as, as outside linebackers, although they are technically edge rushers um, in that particular case. Uh, we got our old friend Quan Alexander as a member of this linebacker core. Um, so we, we, we know what, what that means, right? <laughs> we know the type of player that Alexander is, but it also means that uh, that Shanahan probably has a good uh, idea of, of how to take advantage of him if he gets on the field um the, you know it's it's the secondary is 
probably the 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 most questionable part of this team. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick is obviously a fantastic player. Ken O'Neill has has had its moments, but you got to wonder is is Patrick Peterson the 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 uh, half the player that he was? Probably not. Um, Joey Porter Jr. is a is a guy is a name to watch there as a guy who might take over that um, a, a spot there. So I think there, as you say, there there's some some plays to be made. It's going to be all about that um, whether or not the the Forty Nine ers offensive line is good enough to to kind of control the defensive line for the Steelers. And if they can do that, and this Ford Niners offense is predicated, especially with Brock Purdy under center, uh, getting the ball out to the to the playmakers and, and kind of letting them do the, the job. And I think um, that's the kind of thing that you're going to want to watch out for. And if they're able to do that, and I, I have no reason to believe that they won't be able to, then they should be able to, to win the game. I, I don't think it's going to be an easy one by any stretch of the imagination, but as you note, um, it's 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 a game to watch for for both quarterbacks. It's a game to watch for um, to see which of them is going to sort of step up and and be ready to show that they're um, they're ready to take that next step. And um, I think I, I, that Purdy seems to be in a position where he can he is as you said the the better skill position players. Um, the other thing of note, and this is this is more of like a it, it, it sort of it. it it's not really a thing, but it is a thing. Like the 49ers have started out pretty slow the last couple of seasons. Um, and the one season that they didn't start off slowly was, um, you know, 2019 when they went to the Super Bowl. And they, was it eight wins in a row to start the season? I think that's correct. Um, and they started off by traveling on the road and absolutely put a, put a hurting on the, uh, <clears throat> on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, followed by traveling to um, Cincinnati to take on uh, the Bengals and uh, pretty much smashing them into the ground. Well, this season, they also start off similarly where they're traveling to an East Coast team and then not quite the same thing. They got to travel back to the West Coast and they have a, a, a West Coast away game um, against the Rams in week number two, uh, who we'll talk about next week. But um, I think they're I think they're really cognizant of the fact that they've gotten off to slow starts and they haven't really put themselves in the best of positions and so I think they're going to be really focused on make sure that you get week one uh, because week one has not been <laughs> super kind to them, uh, especially last year in that monsoon that we've talked to, talked about and repeatedly out there in Chicago. And um, I think it's really important that they, they get off to a good start. And I think they will. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, I think it's hard because on one hand, it absolutely should be a point of emphasis for them to, get an early start, that game against Chicago, I think oftentimes I know I am a little hyperbolic about the importance of games to the Niners, but that game against Chicago might have cost them the Super Bowl. If we just look at it, they win that game. They get home field advantage. Obviously, you don't know if Purdy's going to get hurt in Santa Clara or like he gets hurt in Philly. That part's out of your control. But the Niners are a much better team at home. And especially games against just games that like are bankable, you don't want to have those moments in the season where you look back, you're chasing someone up there in the in the standings, and you think, oh, if we just had that gimme in the early part of the season. Yeah. But the flip side is, you know, they kind of they are who they are. They don't play very well in the beginning parts of the season. Even that Buccaneers game, I think was the offense really struggling and the mm-hmm. defense 
bailing out the Niners offense, which became the theme of the 2019 season. But I don't know. <laughs> well, except for that same, the game in Cincinnati where they actually absolutely like smoked them. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think there was a lot of that for sure. I mean, it's just, it's going to be a, I really hope they do come out aggressive because I think a, the noise around this team can be infuriating at times if they're not <laughs> like ready to go immediately. But also, this is one of those games, like it's a good game at the beginning of the season to just, you know, get ready. The Steelers are no joke. Like yeah. they're going to play well. I think it's a good test for the Niners to start off. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, that actually is a nice a nice segue into reasons for concern. Um, so, what what do you think? What 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 would be the? And I think you were starting to lean into that a little bit. So, what would be the the reasons that you'd be concerned about this game? Yeah, so I think there are two big ones that I'll kind of touch on briefly. Number one is T.J. Watt. He's when you look at Niner losses it almost always comes down to the offensive line just, like, collapsing at certain points. Pressure getting to the quarterback, then boom, things fall apart. Under Jimmy Garoppolo, that would mean pressure leading to bad decisions. With Brock Purdy, pressure leading to a torn UCL and a season lost. So, T.J. Watt is probably going to match up against Colton McKivitz. You know, we've talked a lot about the Niners must really think McKivitz is ready to go to give him a starting job without competition. He'll be tested early. And the second thing, of course, is Brock Purdy. He's just a, he's a big question mark right now. And even though his stat line from last year looks really good regarding his ability to take care of the ball, he's quite aggressive and sometimes a little too much so. His accuracy can wane on those deeper, more aggressive shots. And I think if you get into a situation where you gamble too much, and Purdy isn't at 100%. It doesn't matter how great your offense is. Everything can sort of start to fall apart or fall down just because the man under center isn't ready to go. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think that, that definitely holds up. Um, um, T.J. Watt definitely has the the ability to sort of wreck a game on his own. Um, and he has to be somebody that you have to watch out for. Uh, and the unfortunate part is, as we already noted, is that Cam Hayward is also a very good player on the interior, so he's going to have to be uh, looked out for. Um, we know that that Shanahan is usually pretty good about uh, figuring out ways to isolate and and scheme around players who who are who are good at what they do. You just look at at what he's been able to to do to control Aaron Donald, for example, throughout his career. But Good players are not going to be held down completely, and and they're not going to be held down fully. So it is certainly uh, something you're going to have to watch out for. Um, and and for for me, I'm I'm right there with you. That this feels like a game where, even though the 49ers might be more talented, um, that if they're not able to sort of step on it, um, you know, step on the on the gas and really take advantage of of, of opportunities. Then I'm 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 concerned that this could be one of those things where they let the Steelers kind of stick around for a little bit um, longer than from an offensive point of view than than you think that they might be able to that the 49ers defense will be good enough to keep the the Steelers offense in check for most of the game but if the offense isn't able to hold up their end of the bargain um, that that will be a problem um, now the the flip side of that is we didn't really see a whole lot of that with with 
Purdy under center. Like the the 49ers offense was basically humming outside of the NFC Championship game, um, where obviously he didn't have a right arm anymore. Um, but uh, it, it it is it is maybe that's just like the the old fear, like right all these years where we've seen this this Niners defense dominate and the offense have these sort of like ho-hum, lackluster kind of performances, and they, they lose a game or, or they, they barely win a game that they probably should have controlled. And um, I could see, especially given the quality of the, of the defense from the, um, the Steelers, that this could be a, a game like that, right, where, um, where it, just, it feels a little too close for comfort, right? And you're just like, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like this at all. This does not make me feel good in any way, shape, or form. I agree. It's just, this is like the textbook, not even trap game, because the Steelers are too good for it to be a trap game, but this is the textbook, ooh, this might go wrong kind of situation. you got an offense with enough weapons to really take advantage of the 49ers defense lapsing every once in a while. You have a defense that's almost certainly going to be able to take care of the Niners if they're not on, on point, and we just think, team kind of falters a little bit the Steelers are they're disciplined enough and good enough to take advantage and things could get ugly fast yeah so hope, hopefully that will not be the case um hopefully we'll be uh we'll be looking for a situation where all the all the the things are working out from the 49ers perspective um yeah any any other any other thoughts about anything you're you're paying you're going to be watching out for in this game um and at this point, I'm really interested in seeing um, the young linebackers. I really hope they get play. I don't know if they will. Obviously, I would expect the Niners to probably be cautious because that's the way they are. But I really want to see D. Winters and Jalen Graham on the field. I think they can make a difference. I think that's a it's a good set for the team to kind of work with. Yeah, I think that's well said. Um, it'll be interesting to see with the way that this this roster is constructed, um, one who will be among the the players that don't make the active roster um, on on game day, um, and, and sort of how that shakes out. Um, will both the linebackers be uh, active, or will maybe D. Winters or just J- just Jalen Graham or one of the other kind of make the 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 active roster, especially considering um <clears throat> that's uh Oren Burks is it seems like he's going to be back and, and that sort of thing um you know they're going to keep all five wide receivers that they have active I would imagine so um but you never know weird things weird things happen but my my guess is that they probably would be especially because Ray Ray McLeod coming off an injury you probably want to protect him as much as you can um obviously they have a backup tackle for each tackle position at this point is that a little overkill? Maybe, um, you know, do they, do they, are they going to, you know, leave one of those guys off for tight ends, things like this. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Um, actually that, that, that leads me to another question. Um, and we were joking about this in, in the, the, the Niner noise Slack channel the other day. Um, so who, uh, when the, when the 49ers officially announced the, the signing of uh, Nick Bosa, the extending extension for Nick Bosa. Who who do you think get gets cut from this team <laughs> based on the current way the roster's set up? Honestly, 
I could see it's hard because they're like, okay, so they're players who I think should be uh, <laughs> to be mean to them, but players who I don't think should have made the 53. But I also don't know. So the guy, if you haven't been listening to us the last couple of weeks, the guy's Nick Zakel. Both Robert and I, especially Robert, yeah. do not think that <laughs> Nick Zakel should be on the 53-man roster. So I think he's the obvious choice. But I would, would have said Robert Beal Jr., but he's already an IR. So I don't know. I think I have to go with Zakel. I think that's the that's the only choice that really makes sense here. Unless Jalen Moore suddenly learns how to play right tackle really well. <laughs> that prior is a little yeah. extendable. I don't really see another option. Yeah. Um, I would be really surprised if it's a defensive lineman. Uh, they're at nine defensive linemen right now, and Bosa would make ten which is more in line with the number that they generally keep on the, on the 53 man roster. Um, so they're, you know, they're, they have technically they have what, six linebackers, but I don't see them cutting uh, any of those guys for, for obvious reasons, you know, you're going to keep the, the veterans and you're obviously not going to cut the, the, uh, the young kids because you kept them around for a reason. They're very thin at cornerbacks. So they're probably not going to do that only for safeties um, I, I would be really surprised if it's, a, if it's a defensive player. So I, my gut says they kept an extra offensive lineman at this point, um, for just because they knew that was a position that would be very expendable. And there was probably a pretty good chance that if it does end up being Nick Sakel that or or frankly, or if it's Jalen Moore, that they can probably cut those guys and bring them back in the practice squad without any issue whatsoever. So that's my guess. The only other place that I could see would be one of those four tight ends, but I don't know. Do you, cause I, I don't know. I don't see that them seeing like letting one of those guys go and, and seeing what happens kind of thing. Um, specifically because, you know, like they don't have a backup fullback, for example. So one of those guys technically serves in that position. Um, so that would be my guess as well, that it's one of the offensive linemen, either Sakel or Moore, making the most sense to me. Um, but that's just that's that's where I would go with it at this point. Just just looking at the way the roster is constructed, um, I'd be surprised if it's a defensive player. So that, that's what makes the most sense to me at this point. So um, cool. Uh, all right. Well, actually, it's, it's time to make our first uh, game predictions of the season. Um, so what do you think? How is this game gonna gonna end up? We talked about reasons that we think that we're that we're feeling optimistic, reasons we're feeling concerned, but frankly, it's just you know time to 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 make those final predictions, and then we'll uh, get ready for Sunday and and see how this one turns out. So what do you think? All right, so little self promotion as always on this podcast. I will have an article coming out soon about some bold predictions for the game. So. Check that out. You can hear some of the wilder thoughts I have. But <laughs> kind of in line with that, I think the Niners win this game. I think, you know, there are a lot of reasons for concern. The Steelers are a great team. It's week one. They're traveling to the East Coast. But there's just too much talent here. I have the feeling that Nick Bosa is going to definitely play well coming back. But I think the star of the defense is really going to be Fred Warner, this first game, kind of taking the middle of the field. And I think the 49ers offense will do enough. 
I expect a heavy Christian McCaffrey game. That's kind of my gut feeling mm-hmm. for this one. So I'm gonna go. Let's go twenty to thirteen. All right. I like it. Um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm definitely right there with you on this one. Um, again, I think it's imperative that the that the Niners get off to a good start. I think they are going to lean heavily on those offensive weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, it's a little redundant, I know, but whatever. Um, so, so they're going to get the ball into McCaffrey's hands as, as often as they can. Um, I think they're going to utilize Elijah Mitchell if he's healthy. Um, I think they're going to utilize the quick game as much as possible with, with Debo and, and with Brandon Ayuk. And I think they're going to try to take advantage of what is probably the weaker part of this Steelers defense in the middle of the field. Um, yes, Minka Fitzpatrick is there, but he is going to. Um, but I, I, I have a feeling that that he's going to that Shanahan's going to try to figure out a way to get George Kill on those linebackers as opposed to uh, letting Fitzpatrick cover him. Um, and so I think the Niners' offense will do enough. Um, it, it, I think this this feels like one of those games where it's gonna it's gonna look a little rusty on on both sides of the ball. Um, I, I put absolutely zero stock into the fact that that Kenny Pickett led five touchdown drives in the preseason. Um, good for him, but I don't think that really matters um, at this point. So I'm going to go 27-20, a little bit higher scoring than you. Uh, I believe the Niners are sitting at two and a half point favorites, depending on where you look. Um, and the over-under is like 41, 42, something in that neighborhood. So um, I'm going a little over on the points, which I don't know. Maybe that doesn't make any sense, but there you go. Um, so <laughs> we both got wins for the Niners. Maybe that's that's a little homer homerish, but that's what that's what we're doing here. And and I think it's it's safe to say that uh, that we feel like it's the Niners have a have a better roster across the board, and that's really the rationale. All right, um, Akshaz, final words before we close up this first preview podcast of the 2023 regular season. Just I think when we get to the early part of the season, it's easy to take undue stock in what's going on and or get overexcited about like kind of the things we see on the field. Week one is weird. It's always weird. It's never not been weird. Teams will play really well and then collapse later on. The Niners were three and five until they got McCaffrey and just went on a tear. So, you know, things can change throughout the season. So as much as possible for football fans who being one of them, I know we are not the most rational types of people. Kind of take this game in stride, but most importantly, be excited. I mean, we spend an entire summer thinking about how the season's going to play out, hoping for the best, worrying about the worst. But now, only things that's going to happen is going to play out on Sunday, and we'll cheer for whatever happens. Well, I mean, I'll only cheer if it's good things, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> not cheering if it goes badly. It'd be real sad. But anyway, um, thanks uh, for listening to this episode of the Niner Noise podcast, part of the fan-sided podcast network. As always, check out NinerNoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis. And be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And of course, share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends. So until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers. (laughs) 